0: Welcome to the Motor City Hoops podcast, your home for all things Detroit Pistons and NBA. Thank you for choosing Motor City Hoops, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Episode 60 of the Motor City Hoops podcast, an instant recap and analysis episode from Thursday night's game versus Sixers. If you are new to the Motor City Hoops podcast, I'm your host, Bryce Simon. Former D1 Hooper and current teacher, coach, husband, father of three amazing kids, and contributor to Detroit Bad Boys of SB Nation. And when I get the chance to watch our Pistons live, I'll do a short 20 to 25 minute episode giving my immediate reactions, recap, and analysis of the game. I'll start off by giving you a recap of the game, followed by my biggest takeaways player of the game, plays of the game, something to keep an eye on moving forward, my thoughts on the opponent, and a brief look ahead to what will come next for our Pistons. Let's get right into this one. I'm recording immediately after the Sixers game, a 98-109 loss, a game where we saw the same starting lineup in back-to-back games and three out of four, so maybe we're starting to get a little bit of continuity with this roster as Cade Cunningham's back from his injury. The Sixers, of course, were missing Tobias Harris and Isaiah Joe with... uh, COVID protocol and then Ben Simmons still not playing. First quarter starts out and it's a lot of fun. The whole first half was fun, guys. If you know, if you got to watch the game, you know this. If you haven't got to watch the game, it was a blast watching this team in the first quarter. And I think it had a lot to do with how fast this team played. I thought they were getting out in transition. We'll talk about defensive rebounding. Obviously, that's a huge component of being able to play in transition. But early in the game, playing faster, thought the early rotations, me and my uh, producer, Wes, were talking about this beforehand, the rotations and defense De- uh, defense on Embiid was really good right from the start Joel Embiid actually in this game guys was a negative nine and I'm not a huge plus minus guy but I thought that was telling I thought all game long they, they made life tough on Embiid he obviously made some big shots or tough shots but they, they made it really tough on him just a completely different vibe to the game it was fun exciting Jeremy Grant had a great first quarter we're kind of accustomed to this and this is something I want to keep an eye on is he gets off to hot starts and then it si- starts to fade a little bit but he had 12 first quarter points, uh, a stretch in the first quarter, a misgrant Grant 3, a missed Olenek 3, and a turnover combined with three possessions from the Sixers, a Curry 3, a Drummond offensive rebound and finish, and a Drummond alley-oop. Kind of swung momentum just a little bit, but there's a great finish to the first quarter that kind of brought that back and reeled it in that we'll talk whenever we get to plays of the game. So we start the second quarter up one. Frank Jackson makes a couple threes. Both of them, his feet are set. Like, I just wish... You know, I don't pretend that I know more than anybody else, but I want to talk to Frank Jackson, be like, Frank, just take the ones when your feet are set, man. Like he hits those two. He hit a nice pull-up, like probably 10, 12 footer, I believe, later in the first half. And then in the second half, we saw him in those tough shots, on the move, off you know, running off screens. I just don't know that he's ready for that yet. I wanted him to be ready, but it doesn't look like he is. But I I like seeing him make those those two threes with his feet set. The, the second unit is a big storyline for me in this one. Again, I hate to go to the plus minus, but with the way the rotations work for Dwayne Casey right now, you can take a lot from that. And maybe it's because the Sixers only played eight guys, and so the second unit was always playing against starters for their team. But the entire second unit, negative 11, negative 11, negative 19, 19, negative 19, all of them negatives, and it just wasn't good. And I thought Ko- Kojo and Trey Lyles haven't been great in the last few games. And I like the idea of those guys in the second unit if they're playing well obviously but those guys along with like I didn't even think Kelly Olinick was super great tonight and so it'd just be interesting going forward seeing if those guys can kind of play a little bit better. Defensive rebounding and defense in general was not good for the first six minutes. It was was kind of a weird thing. I've preached that when this team starts making shots, which they did shoot over 40% from three for a little while, and then it dipped back down to 30 by the end of the game. But early in the first half, we're making shots. The offense looks good. We end up with 66 points at halftime, but the defense didn't really do that. And I kind of thought that's something we'd see when the offense is playing well, the defense would. But maybe this is a team that right now only has kind of enough focus and energy for one end of the floor. Six minutes and 30 seconds are when Kate and Grant come back and it's a four-point deficit. Pistons lead, lead lead the league huge in bench points, which I talked about. And then the full starters come back in at 4.15, down five. And then like I, they end up with a three-point lead going into half. So a great stretch there. After the second unit kind of gives up a lead, the starters are able to come back in, finish off the last four minutes. Jeremy Grant was incredible and end up with a three-point lead going into halftime. As we move into the second half, guys, honestly... It's just not as impressive. It wasn't a great second half. It was an awful start to the second half. Immediately turns into the three-point lead for the Sixers. Turnovers become an issue. We'll talk about, talk about that more later. I thought down six, Cade finally hits his first three as a Pistons. A deep one at the end of the shot clock. I thought that's where we were going to make the run. We got a turnover, stop, Cade drive and then Grant misses a three, Cade misses a three, and it, it didn't really come around the way I thought it was going to in that moment. I thought that was going to be the stretch where the Pistons really kind of take the lead and take control of the game, and just again, like we've talked about multiple times on Podcasts across Pistons World Twitter, K community—they're just not making shots right now. The game really just kind of lost its rhythm in general in the fourth, uh, in, in the third quarter for both teams. And I just, again, I talked about the transition. I just didn't feel like we saw the transition in this quarter. We only scored 16 points, and I just. I wish we could have seen the transition. I know that comes with stops. Go into the fourth, down four, and another slow start. This is another scenario where I thought Kelly Olynyk wasn't quite quite great. We need these vets to be good in the second unit. The lead quickly ballooned to 15, and I even thought Dwayne Casey went back to those starters fairly quickly in the fourth. I thought he kind of, you know, Sadiq play, Bay played the whole third, and I think he was back in in the fourth with like eight minutes to go. So not a long um, rest there for Sadiq Bay. Left thumb injury for Hayes, kind of worrisome, but he ended up playing. Down 15, we had one little run there. Grant got an and one stop. K2 free throws stop. K2 more free throws. That got it down to eight. And then Ian Bede hit a tough, tough shot on a possession where Isaiah Stewart played great defense and Cade and Grant follow up with back to back turnovers. And that was it for the game. And like I say, end up with a loss, a 98-109 loss to the Sixers. My biggest takeaway, guys, as we continue to move through this is Cade Cunningham. I, I know he's the number one pick. So we're going to talk about him. He makes everyone more comfortable. I won't come on and just say, man, he makes everybody better, but you could tell I, in my opinion, I thought you could tell Killian Hayes looked better, excuse me, more comfortable. Jeremy Grant early on looked more comfortable. Just as a fan watching him, I don't know what you guys think, but as a fan watching him, I'm more comfortable when the ball is in his hands. And I'm not saying he's perfect. Like I just said, he had a huge turnover in a, in a, in a big spot there in the fourth corner. But I take a lot of um, confidence and comfortability whenever Cade Cunningham has the ball and he's going to make the right decision, and when the shots start falling again, he didn't shoot the ball well tonight, he did not whatsoever, you look at the box score, and the box score looks good enough, that'll probably keep some people off his back, if they just look at the numbers, but he didn't shoot it well, but I think he just, he's really good for this team, really good for this offense, I love his demeanor on the floor, okay, he hits that first three, he started his career 0 for 18 from three, as the number one pick, and what's been kind of pitched as the savior of this franchise, and what fans with all these expectations he hits a first three and he didn't change his facial expression it was like get down to business we're down we got to make a run here I also love I believe it was in the second quarter transition situation Sadiq Bay doesn't give it up and I think it ended up in a foul but he went to Sadiq he's like hey give me the ball and then I'll make the play from there you can do this like I love the intangibles that Cade Cunningham brings and then I do have to mention the drive on Matisse Thibault. Matisse Thibault is on the floor because he's such a great defensive player and is known for that that coming out of college and around the league and he shook him immediate blow by finished over around Joel Embiid and I just one thing I will do want to talk about if you haven't seen my breakdown of Cade Cunningham on Detroit Bad Boys go check that out and I really highlight how impressed I've been with his ability to create separation and advantages in one-on-one situations hey this team can be fun to watch that's one of my other big takeaways this team was a lot of fun you know I do these breakdowns and I missed you know taking some notes because I just enjoy being a fan watching this team play and in the first half they were a lot of fun to watch, the rotations were good at times and the offense was really, really good. I want to get to the two big negatives that were biggest takeaways, areas we have to really improve as a team. Second chance points for the Sixers. I don't have the numbers. I don't know how many total second chance points they got. But it seemed like it was a lot of backbreaking possessions ended that way. We needed a stop. We're starting to gain a little momentum, give up an offensive rebound, and then they bang a three. And then it was the same story with the turnovers. Only, quote-unquote, only 11 turnovers. Like, I don't think that's bad, especially for a young team. Now, a lot of those came from Jeremy Grant and Kate Cunningham, who those probably are the guys that should be leading you in turnovers. By the way, Killian Hayes, no turnovers tonight. It's a real solid night from Killian Hayes and I'll talk more about him in a second. But the turnovers just, again, seemed to pile up right there at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I believe it was, and then, or excuse me, the third quarter, and then there in the fourth when we were trying to make that one final run, those back-to-back turnovers from Grant and Cade. So, it's not just about the sheer number of offensive rebounds we're giving up or turnovers we're we're having. It just seems like they're in huge situations and kind of those back breaking breaking momentum changing turnovers and giving up second chance points. Player of the game, guys. I'm almost I'm a sandbag a little bit here. I'm gonna call this player of the half. Jeremy Grant was unreal in the first half. Again, if you didn't see the game, go watch at least the first half. He had 22 points in the first half. He looked really, really good. He only ends it, only, he ends the game with 27 on 11 to 22 from the field, six boards, four assists. So still a really good game from Jeremy Grant for a game that we lose by 11 points. He's only a negative two in the plus minus. The third quarter, he definitely cooled off. And then the fourth quarter struggled with those turnovers, them running extra defenders at him. And he kind of struggled making the right reads and decisions out of that. Something hopefully he'll go be able to go watch the film, learn from and get better. And then I'm gonna mention Cade Cunningham just a little bit. He did end up with a double double, 18 points, got to the free throw line, I believe, 10 times tonight. And then he also had 10 rebounds, four assists. So a really good night. Yep, 9 of 10 from the free throw line for Cade Cunningham. So a double double, 4 of 17 from the field, not great, 1 of 7 from three. You know, he's taking good shots, in my opinion. You know, I had somebody kind of question me on Twitter if they thought he, if I thought he was shooting too much. I think that 15 to 20 shot a night is the range for him, especially while a couple other guys, like Isaiah Stewart's not going to be high volume. Killian Hayes isn't going to be high volume. And we'll talk about Sadiq Bay here in a little bit and something to keep an eye on moving forward. As far as play of the games, it's going to be plays of the game. It's going to be all from the first half, guys. Four minutes, 40 second mark in the first quarter. Okay, you guys have to go check out this defensive possession. Go find it. Um, maybe I'll do a breakdown of it at some point, but go find it they double and beat, and you can see it coming. I believe it's Cade that goes to double. Killian's already ready ready to rotate as soon as the pass is made. He rotates. Sixers make one more, another rotation, make one more, another rotation. Beautiful rotations. Lots of possessions like this, but then they give up a baseline drive. The help came, I believe, from Cade Cunningham, and it ended up in a turnover. Just a beautiful defensive rotation. Beautiful defensive possession from the Pistons. I love that kind of stuff. I don't know if you guys are in Interested in that and intrigued and excited by the X's and O's and the nuances like that but I loved it that's textbook double team and rotate out of it and then a run right at the end of the first quarter I talked about how there was a bad stretch there from the Pistons well how about how they ended it they run the same I laugh they run the same baseline out of bounds we've seen from them for like four or five games and it continues to work all right which surprises me so much but To the Pistons' credit, they execute it. Grant with a tough finish through contact from Joel Embiid. Olenek gets a steal and then hits like a 35-40 footer at the buzzer. And just a great way to end the first quarter. I thought that was a great sequence of, of possessions of plays right there for the Pistons. And then the final one, like just a singular play on this one. Isaiah Stewart at 530 in the second quarter. Goes into the dribble handoff, fakes it crosses over and then double pump dunk. It was all over. I'm sure if you check out Sport Center or any highlights, you're going to see that play from Isaiah Stewart being talked about. You know, and, and and more than that though, guys, like I know that's a play of the game and it's a highlight reel. That's the stuff we need to see from Isaiah Stewart. There's two aspects of his game I've talked about. I'll talk about the other one here in a little bit when I talk about something to keep an eye on but that is something we need to uh, keep an eye on with him as well is in those DHOs is he able to turn the corner is he able if they overplay it can he cross over if we go back door please go back door coming into those DHOs is he able to throw the back door pass so something to keep an eye on with Isaiah Stewart moving forward other things other takeaways from this game to keep an eye on Hazen Cunningham trading on ball responsibilities I thought especially Especially in the first half they found a really really good rhythm who brought the ball up who initiated offense who was being aggressive I thought they looked really comfortable playing together I know there's been questions about it I knew that if Cade was off to a slow start, all of a sudden somehow it would be Killian's fault that Cade was having to play off the ball. Cade is a scorer. Cade is an all-around player. So, yes, we want to see him on-ball creating. I love his passing. I've been called out about this. I think he's a special passer and creator for teammates. I don't care what the assist numbers show. He's getting teammates good looks. But I also think he can play off the ball. Like Again, I know he hasn't shot the ball well, but he's going to. And again, go to Twitter. Sam Vecini tweeted it out. Ankle injuries particularly are hard on jump shooters. That's why the free throw shot looks good and the jump shots don't. Okay. Even my guy at Mavs Draft, Richard Stammen, who I've had on before, not, you know, necessarily as big a name, but a great mind of basketball. And he said the same thing. The sh- jump shot is going to come around. So that the, them playing together and switching responsibilities on and off ball in the backcourt is going to be just fine. The Pistons transition game. I've talked about this. I want to see if we continue to play fast and you can play fast even after a make. That's my thing. We know we can go after a miss or a turnover, but if the other team makes a shot, can we? And get it out and can we get into some sort of early offense even just set a a, a a ball screen in transition in secondary transition what's our secondary transition game that's where I'd like to see a couple specific player um things to keep an eye on Isaiah Stewart willingness to shoot jumpers we did see him shoot a three tonight but right after he had that dunk so you would think confidence as an all-time high was with Isaiah Stewart at that moment in the game he passes up a wide open 15 foot jumper where Joel Embiid is like I don't know if it was Sadiq or Jeremy posting up but he's completely pay- playing off like almost doubling those guys before they even got the ball and Isaiah Stewart almost didn't even look at the basket he has to go back to making and taking those shots excuse me I should say taking and making those shots from 15 feet and out. I'm not saying a bunch, but he's got to be willing to shoot them when he's wide open. How about Killian Hayes? Catch and shoot threes. Thought it looked really good tonight on the third one. I believe he went back to that little hip turn, kicking his leg out. Didn't love to see that, but the first two looked pure, and that's something to really watch for. I feel like in catch and shoot, again, I don't have the numbers, but I feel like in just pure catch and shoot three situations, Killian Hayes has been solid. And overall tonight, 10 points, four boards, two assists, no turnovers I thought it was a really solid night from Killian Hayes as he continues to take baby steps here early in the season and then maybe the biggest thing for me right now is Sadiq Bay. and I'm kind of working on a breakdown for Sadiq Bay, trying to compile all the clips and get through enough games to make it you know unbiased so it's not just from one or two games but his aggressiveness His passing has gotten better. His playmaking and decision has gotten gotten better. But now all of a sudden, he's turning down shots. We saw, I believe, it was last game, he turned down a three and then ended up taking a tougher three. Tonight, he went backdoor, caught a pass, and tried to drop off instead of just shooting a little 12-footer. I just think it's something to keep an eye on moving forward is Sadiq Bey's aggressiveness, especially looking to score the ball. Part of that is being a good passer is you have to be a threat to score the ball first. So I, I want to see him continue to shoot. He only had nine shots tonight. Not a bad all-around game. Seven points, five boards, four assists. So the passing is there. Like I, I don't I'm not I'm am very high on that. I love that we've seen that from him. But I want to see him be in a sc- a scorer and be aggressive as well. He should take the third most shots on this team I think he should be up there in the 12 to 15 shot attempts you know if Grant and Cunningham are 15 to 20 Sadiq Bay should be 10 to 15 12 to 15 in that range now I want to move on to the Sixers just a little bit before we look ahead to what's coming up for our Pistons and and just talk about the the 76ers a little bit Shorthanded tonight, they still find a way to win against a Pistons team that obviously isn't very good, especially right now. But Seth Curry, man, that guy is so freaking good. He cooled off a little bit, but he has 23 points, 9 of 14 from the field, and he just makes shots. You can see him oozing with confidence, and I really enjoy watching his game. And I just think he's a little bit underappreciated and undervalued, you know, partially because of his brother, Steph but also, I think he's kind of known as just a three-point shooter. But he does a good job, like shot faking. You know, he made five non-threes tonight. You know, he made five two-pointers tonight as well. So he kind of got that all-around scoring game really impresses from him. And then the other thing is Joel Embiid. He had a tough night. I talked about that. Here's what's funny. I say Joel Embiid had a tough night. He still had 19 points and nine boards. So that's a tough night for Joel Embiid. I do really think the Pistons made life tough on him. But what it does is because you have to double him, it makes it really tough on you as a defense because now you're rotating, you're in scramble mode. Maybe that's why the defensive rebounding was so hard tonight was because we were always in scramble mode, probably had mismatches, got you know guards trying to put... Uh, box out bigs but it's just it's a guy like that makes it so much easier on your offense and so tough on the defense when you know he can go get a bucket one-on-one so you're forced to double him and now you get those other guys chances to score and they had enough guys even without Tobias Harris to score the ball Shake Milton was really good tonight he had 16 Tyrese Maxey had 20 Maxey played 44 minutes tonight and was an efficient 8 of 12 from the field so those guys were big time and looked really really good And you know, talking about, this is why I think Ben Simmons is a bad fit for the Sixers. And I don't want to get off on this too much. I've talked about it before on the podcast. I think he needs to go somewhere else. It looks like he's at least going to start his playing. If he starts playing games, it's at least going to be with the Sixers to start. But I don't think he's a great fit. I think they need to flip him. Go get another guy that can bang shots. You have your focal point of the offense, a guy that can draw doubles and Ben Simmons playing off that isn't necessarily ideal. And then one other thing, this is just kind of an interesting thing, kind of funny. uh, Georges Niang is a talker, man. Like he's a trash talker. And like, even as an opposing team, a fan of the opposing team, I don't even mind it. I kind of enjoy guys like that, but you see him banging a shot and then talking to the Pistons bench. And I think Cade missed like a, a little 12 footer on a baseline out of bounds play. And you could hear someone yell, he can't make a shot. Like I assume that was Niang. So, I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was interesting, kind of fun. Um, I don't mind that. That's one thing I would love about going to an NBA game, trying to set front row, is just hearing all of that stuff, all the trash talk and everything. I think that would be a lot of fun. So to wrap this up, guys, we're going to take a look ahead. Tomorrow night, if you're listening to this immediately after the game, or tonight, if you're listening to this on Friday, we have the rematch with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. We lost that game 91-117 in the first matchup. Obviously, that was a game that Cade Cunningham did not play. uh, Excuse me, Hamadou Diallo started that game. Pistons' leading scorer in that game was Corey Joseph with 13, Josh Jackson with 12, Grant with 11. Just a really, really poor night scoring the basketball for the Pistons, even though they shot it actually decent from the three-point line. And the Nets kind of did it by committee that night. Kevin Durant with 23, Aldridge with 16, Harden with 18. Of course, you know, playing against old friends Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown. So we have that Friday night matchup. And then four days off, Okay, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then the very highly anticipated matchup. I believe, somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, the only nationally televised game of the year against the Houston Rockets on ESPN. Obviously, that will be number one versus number two, Cade Cunningham versus Jalen Green. So a couple big games coming up. Nets team, obviously super talented and a team we've already seen. See if we can at least be a little more competitive, how Cade Cunningham makes a difference in that game, and how this team responds playing back-to-back, and if they can bring some energy and enthusiasm and give the Nets a game there. And then, you know, a Rockets team that is in the same situation as the Pistons in terms of rebuilding a little bit, 1-6 on the year. That's a game you have to think the Pistons have a chance to win and probably need to win just to kind of keep up morale and positivity. It's nice to get a win every once in a while. And, you know, just hopefully for the sake of Twitter and everything else, we see Cade Cunningham outplay Jalen Green. As always, I want to thank my guy Wes Davenport, who will just call the producer of the Motor City Hoops podcast and takes care of so many things behind the scenes to make the podcast better and easier for me. I also want to thank you guys, the listeners, for taking the time to listen to the Motor City Hoops podcast and all of your support for the content I'm creating. The next episode of the podcast will be released on Tuesday the 9th, which will be our normal a weekly scheduled episode and i'll be joined by the man himself rod beard of the detroit news to dive into everything from the past week and the beginning of the season as a whole thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon Thank you for listening to this episode of the Motor City Hoops podcast. Please give us a rating, drop a review, and subscribe. For more content, including video breakdowns, make sure you follow us at Motor City Hoops on Twitter. I hope you join us next episode. Until then, be safe and be well.